Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Facillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Let's jump right in, Joe Resinello. Uh, the topic today for everybody out there uh, who's joining us, Walk for Life West Coast. Now, we all know about the March for Life. We know about all these different things. Walk for Life West Coast. And we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Eva Montaigne and Dolores Meehan to talk about this, to talk about the event, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, is going to be on January 19th. 19, 21st, 19th, it's like a number. We'll, we'll go through all the, the events. All right, all right, sounds good. Uh, but I want to introduce very quickly for our audience, Eva and Dolores, and have this very, I would say, inspiring and enlightening conversation. Eva Montaigne is manager of marketing for Ignatius Press, the world's largest Catholic publisher. Uh, she was born in Budapest. She and her family escaped communist oppression when she was nine years old, settling in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, Eva is one of the founders and co-chairs of Walk for Life West Coast and is on the U.S. Board of Directors for the International Theological Institute in Trumau, Austria. She is also the founder of SF Catholics, sfcatholics.org. Uh, Dolores Meehan is co-chair of Walk for Life West Coast and works as a systems analyst professionally, a fourth-generation San Franciscan. She became a strong advocate for faithful Catholicism in San Francisco and California and nationally. Uh, she's known as a pro-life and pro-marriage speaker and has appeared frequently on Catholic Answers Live and EWTN. Uh, she was heavily involved as a speaker and behind-the-scenes organizer in the California campaigns to pass Proposition 4 and Proposition 8. Her other work includes volunteering with the Missionaries of Charity uh, in their AIDS hospice in San Francisco. Dolores Meehan, Eva Montaigne, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank, Thank you so you. much. That was quite the overview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was hoping I had it right. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's... Um, and, and again, I, I mean, to me, anybody who's and this is what Joe and I try to say on the show all the time. Uh, we're we Joe and I do a show. We have a podcast. We have our radio show at Veritas. OK, but then you, we, we to complement that by by getting out in the street, um, whether it's what you are doing, which is praying in front of an abortion clinic. Joe runs a men's rosary in Bergen County. I joined men here. I just moved to Arizona. So it's all important that we as Catholics get out there and that's what you're doing that's why i'm so happy and excited to be having this conversation with the two of you so with that I mean, we're going to hand it over to joe resinello we'll start with a prayer we always start with a prayer but just a point of note eva you uh joe mentioned your family escaped from communism i grew up with a lot of cuban guys similar experience but joe basillo recently escaped communism he left new jersey um i'm still <laughs> under the yoke of communism in new jersey sadly enough but uh maybe one yeah, day i will you, as well yeah but yeah, but did he escape in a trunk of a car with his entire family? No, no, that he did no, not. No, I just flew out of there, Eva. That's a very good question, by the way. I, I, economy I, I Plus or uh... 
What's that, Eva? Uh, Dolores? I was going to say, was it Economy Plus or... Uh... No, just a plane. Business class, just a plane, just a plane. That's it, just just a plane. Nothing like being in the trunk of a car. Um, that happens so, uh, in New Jersey too. I know that does happen in New Jersey a lot. <laughs> but that's a different story. Um, so, Joe, let's pray, Joe. I think. Okay. Uh, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a Virgin of Virgins, our Mother, to you. We come for you knew we stand sinful and sorrowful O mother of the word incarnate despise not our petitions but in your clemency hear and answer us amen name of the father son holy spirit amen amen um as joe you know read your bios very colorful um how'd you guys get into the pro-life movement i always like to ask people that we talk to a lot of different people um you know across the catholic world uh first uh we'll go with the Lars, then we'll go to eva uh, you know, I, I think it was, I was probably born into it. Uh, my, my grandmother had been left on a doorstep in San Francisco, um, in the early part of the 1900s. And my, my father's mother was pregnant with him and they were very poor living in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which wasn't any different back then. And she did not, um, she had, she got breast cancer and didn't just was, she waited and everything until my father was born. And then it was too late. They were too poor and she probably would have died anyway. But I always think that that's the, you know, we talk about trans um, generational intergenerational um, wounds and everything, but I think there's also intergenerational, um, you know, graces, obviously. So both of these two women, I owe my life to their decision. Mike, uh, and, you know, more than anything, really living in San Francisco and seeing so many friends, um, you know, when I was growing up that were pregnant and they, they didn't feel like they had any choice. And so not knowing, um, you know, where to go and then afterwards being so broken. Um, and I tried to, I would try to help them, but I didn't really know what to do. Um, I didn't have the resources. I didn't know who was who. And I just sort of stood by, you know, kind of helplessly. And interestingly, it was after the after the fact that it was usually me they wanted to talk to, not the friends who had said, yeah, do what you need to do. I was always the one saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And it just, it just was such a firsthand um, experience of, um, of the suffering. And so when we started the Walk for Life, it was with the message that abortion hurts women. And so really reaching out to women and men um, was the, our, became our, that was our, our initial, one of our initial three pillars of, of, and goals of the Walk for Life. Thanks for that, um, Dolores. I, I just want to say, I think it's so important that we, you know, Joe and I consider ourselves two guys who are trying to get out there to, to counter narratives that are out there. And I think that's an, that's very obviously the life of the child is the taking of that human life is the most important right. thing. But but countering the narrative that abortion is good for women is something that we, particularly as Catholics, really really have to be vocal about and back that up. And I know you could back it up with argument. We've spoken to many people on the show um, uh, talking about that very same thing. It is not good for women, but we could, we'll talk about that more. Eva, how did you, uh, how did you get involved? 
Well, uh, when, when I was going to college, I didn't think about it. It wasn't something that came through to my consciousness because my friends weren't doing it. Nobody had that personal um, connection. But then after I graduated college, I had a friend of mine whose sister got pregnant and she wanted to have an abortion. And I was like, no, no, don't, I'll take the baby. And I told her I'll pay for everything. Everything will be taken care of. No problem. Do not have an abortion. And she actually considered it for a little while, but then proceeded to have the abortion. And that was really, for me personally, a wake-up call because it seems like a lot of women um, have the options and know they have options, but they still choose to have the abortion. And that made me wonder why. And that made me wonder what we could do to help them to understand that they're taking their own child's life. And then, of course, I started working with Dolores at the Missionaries of Charity at the AIDS Hospice. And for some reason, watching the men die, it also connected me to the pro-life movement because I saw how precious every life was. And so it just grew from there and working with the sisters, I mean, and spe- and then and then we went to the March for Life, <laughs> and that kind of sealed it. I mean, that was such a powerful event to go to the march, and see all the people get energized, and we wanted to do that for our people here. Even I don't know if anybody told you, or or didn't you uh, didn't you tune in to CNN? They they've been saying for years that nobody shows up at the March for Life. You know, it's like three <laughs> three three Catholics walking down the street who they don't really they're not doing much anyway. We'll move to the next story. At least that's what I've heard. Um, I went once in 2013. Um, unfortunately, haven't had a chance to get back. And I agree with you. It was one of the most. And, and Joe and I we've we've prayed obviously. Um, in front of abortion clinics and all that. And that, all of that, that witness is very, very powerful. I, Me personally, I've never seen anything as powerful as the March for Life with hundreds of thousands of people, regardless. Except for the walk, what, maybe. <laughs> maybe you should come to the Walk for Life and then you can have something to compare it to. <laughs> and, I'm clo- and I'm close to the West Coast. I, I mean, I'm in Arizona now. Right, so I, they come. And we have whole groups from Arizona coming, so join them. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you up on that. Okay. Um, so let's. Uh, so for those of you just joining us, uh, we have Dolores Meehan, we have Eva, Eva Montaigne. We're talking about the the walk for life on the West Coast. Joe Resinello. Do you guys know Sister Paula Marie out in San Francisco? Real quick. That, uh, I mean. I'm better with No, faces. she was out there. The reason why I said that, she made me carry 40 pounds of loose tea from Calcutta. I'm surprised I didn't go to prison. She's a character. Uh, she was oh, a superior. Is she an so. FC? Yeah, yeah. Sister Paula Marie, she was in, uh, from Philly, but she was out. I think she's on the West Coast now. Oh. It's a story uh-huh. in and of itself I, yeah. I, for another time. <laughs> I'd love to hear it sometime. <laughs> and, and in regards, how, how did you guys get started? Because obviously we all know that the march... Um, in D.C. is huge. I mean, as Joe said, I've been to it. Um, how to get started. I've seen you guys, too, to be honest with you, on EW2M with Father Mark. He's covered it a number of times. Um, how to get started. Um, well, what happened was in 2004, um, we always say our greatest inspiration was our governor, Gavin Newsom, who was then the mayor, because in uh, February of 20, 2004, when he started issuing marriage licenses we realized we had to do something uh then same sex uh, couples for same sex couples and uh um our our archbishop at the time was uh cardinal levada and he 
made a bold stand against it. And he was, he made the bold stand alone. And um, we felt that because we want our bishops to make bold statements and it was not a familiar experience for us. And so we said, we have to do something to support him. And so we ended up down at Saints Peter and Paul with um, uh, an awesome Irish priest, Father John Malloy of blessed memory, who is our founding chaplain and has gone to his reward. And he's just a real firecracker. And uh, he said, okay, well, let's, um, what are we gonna do? What? And so we had a marriage rally and we, uh, afterwards, it was it was a real dog bites man story. It went across on the AP that a thousand people came together in San Francisco, and we walked around North Beach saying the Rosary. The Dominican novices were carrying the beer of Our Lady, and we said the Rosary. So it was, and afterwards we were all so pumped. We we're like, "Wow, that was great! Go, it's great! We could do that." And we go, "Wow, gosh!" You know, the January twenty second event is on a Saturday in 2005 and having gone to Sacramento and seen that it was kind of, it was fairly lackluster. We thought, you know what, let's do it in San Francisco. Let's, let's, this is where we're from. This is an exciting story. This is a, this is a contradiction. This is what we're called to do. We're Ephesus by the Bay forward operating base. Um, let's do it. And so Eva, uh, I would never, venture to do anything that requires organization without Eva. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just our group of friends, you know, we said, all right, let's, let's give it a shot. So. And I think what really helped us, um, because I work at Ignatius Press and I work in marketing and which means that I, you know, had mailing lists. I had the know-how of how to get the, the that out there. So I have to give the credit also to Ignatius Press because they were they were so supportive of every one of these events that we've ever had. And in fact, the Walk for Life headquarters is at Ignatius Press offices. That's where we have all our meetings. And and so, yay, Ignatius Press. <laughs> yes. No. No. Absolutely. Yeah. We had uh, Anthony Rick- on. Uh, with uh, Anthony Ryan was on the show. Okay. That's he's yeah. my boss. <laughs> and we said hello. Yeah, and, you know, it's one thing that we try to, Joe and I try to emphasize all the time is, you know, and in this case, you know, more importantly, is to support our Catholic publishers. So we we interview a lot of authors, and their books are available at, you know, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. We tell everybody, don't buy it there. Go go to Ignatius Press or go to Ave Maria or go to Tan. Support the publishers. They're the ones, you know, they're, they're taking chances on these books. And, and, and what you just said, you know, helping you, you both of you, to get this you know, to get this mar- this 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 March for Life off the ground, which is what we're talking about today at the front line with Joe and Joe, the Walk for Life West Coast. Uh, this is a quick question because then I have a follow up. Uh, so you said, Eve uh, Dolores, you said it started with about a thousand people. Is that correct? And- no, that was the marriage rally. The the Walk for Life we had in two thousand and five. So this is why we attributed to uh, the city and county of San Francisco declared that we were outsiders and that January 22nd was choice day or something, freedom of mm-hmm. choice day. And they told us out of towners to get out of town, run out oh, of town. Okay. Right. And, and how, many, how many out of towners is it now? <laughs> well, so that, I'll tell, let me back up and tell you real quick. So that was we about 7,000 people came and there were about 30, 3,000 demonstrators, the um, counter demonstrators, they had a rally that was, uh, sponsored by NARAL and Planned Parenthood. 
Kamala Harris was the district attorney. She was there. Gavin Newsom was there. Um, Dennis Herrera, our entire board of supervisors, and they all were there inciting the uh, counter demonstrators to go and let those people know that they can't, they are not welcome here and they shouldn't come back. And boy, were they violent. I mean, they were disgusting and they were pigs and our people were so beautiful and peaceful and surrounded. And if you, we always say, if you could, if you could, uh, if you could, if we had our celestial glasses on, we would have seen Lucifer and St. Michael just sorting it out and us just walking through that. We had um, Eva and had gotten, you know, sent the word out. We had monasteries. Everybody was praying for us and for our safety. And it was a, it was a very, it was a very uh, supernatural event. Eva, let me ask you this, uh, just to follow up to that question. So uh, Dolores mentioned violence. So what, what did the counter demonstrate? See, my experience is they get right up to your face, but then that's as far as they go. I know that from being uh, downtown Manhattan with Father Fidelis Mashinsky. Um, so I've seen that. I haven't really seen the violence. I, so when you say violence, how far did they go? Was it in your face or was there actual physical contact? Okay, so just to set the scene, uh, basically we were marching down this very large street, the Embarcadero, and so they lined the sidewalk. So the police kept them to the sidewalk and we walked on the street. So as you can imagine, that gets pretty close because sidewalks is right by the street. And um, so bas basically what they did is they were screaming obscenities, they were throwing like eggs, they were spitting, but they did it. Luckily, no one got hurt. It wasn't like a physical brawl. We didn't have that, or at least not that we're aware of. Uh, well, but they did you want to say something, Dolores? <laughs> yeah, I think somebody. I, I, I know. So, I know somebody got tackled. Um, but nobody got hurt. I nobody. Mean, nobody like, went to the hospital. Yeah. No, so anyway, so basically judge things in New Jersey. If someone yeah, went to the hospital. go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically it, it was very violent in the sense of of, of revulsion because you walk past these people and they're screaming at the top of their lungs. They're screaming obscenities, even though there's children there, there's young uh, families walking, there's the elderly, there's wheelchairs, and yet they'll do anything to get in your face and scare you to try to make sure you don't come back. So that was uh, that was the scariest walk we ever had. It was so bad that first year that, like Dolores said, NARAL, Planned Parenthood, all who were involved in that first year's counter protest they've ever since then they've never come back because they knew how bad they looked that day well that i think is th that's my takeaway from because i i had a, a franciscan friar who's a brother of father mashinsky tell me one time he asked me to go pray in front of an abortion clinic the first time i ever did and i said i don't and he was telling me about some counter this was a, a, a place in the bronx um he was telling me there's some resistance there and i said well i don't think i should go i said because i i I don't know how I would react. I said, I'm not you, Father. I, I I can't, I don't think I can control myself. If I see somebody spits at me, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I'm not exactly going to react that well to that, all right? He said, that's all the more reason you should go, okay? And I learned a tremendous lesson that day, and I learned a tremendous lesson going downtown to old St. Patrick's Cathedral, and this is where I'm going with this. The, the You just said the counter-protesters didn't go back because they realized how bad they looked. That's on the one side. But on the other side, what I learned, number one, was to pray for our enemies, because I, I sincerely, from my heart, in the, in the moment, 
okay, of while all this is going on, I was praying for them, okay? And the other thing was I was able to realize that, no, that's what they want. They want a violent reaction, particularly from Catholic men. They want to be able to get their cell phones out and get that on video and send that to Twitter and YouTube and 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 straight to CNN, okay? So they can say, look at how they look at these violent Catholics. I am so impressed that, that that in other words, when when Catholics in the public square stand up to that very prayerfully, very composed, and don't let the enemy get the best of us, like like you mentioned about Saint Michael. And and Satan going at it, yeah. Let let Saint Michael do it. We'll just pray. I'm sorry to go on a little bit of a rant, but I think that's very important for those who are thinking about doing pro life witness to realize there is a count. There are people that will counter you out there. They're cowards at the end of the day. We are not all right, and we could stand firm and pray and 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 do the do what we're supposed to do. Any comments on that, Eva? Yes, I mean, we have a lot of people like you that come to the walk who would like to do um, to, to do more physical protests, but it's amazing. I think it is grace because we make clear that we are a peaceful protest, and, and I've known people like that who I know no normal circumstances would have punched them out or, or whatever, and they, they don't. And it is, I think, a miracle of grace because we've never uh, had an altercation like that. Um, I think the worst we've ever had was the shoving or like Dolores mentioned, the first year I tackle. But um, yeah, it is definitely very important to not react because that is exactly what they want. Sure, because they own the media. We don't. Okay, and the bottom line is they're going to do whatever it takes to make us look bad or violent or fit into their narrative. Again, we counter narratives. When we're out there, no, we're not the violent ones. You are. Okay, and 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 I think that witness, uh, anybody looking at that, uh, you know, has to have you know a, a really warped sense of reality if they can't tell who the peaceful people are uh, in a situation like that and who are the provocateurs. Um, but thank you for that, Joe Rasinello. Who's going to be speaking at this year's event? Break it down for us. You want to go, Dolores, or me? No, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we have four great speakers. Uh, we have, first and foremost, of course, um, Reverend Childress. He has been with us 18 out of the 19 years, and he was with us the very first year, and I think he came to us through Walter, right, Dolores? And no, no, he... Walter came to us through him. He's from no, New I Jersey. Was... Yeah, he's from New Jersey. Calling... I was calling around, and he thought I was a different Dolores. <laughs> So he said, yes, he thought I was this Dolores that used to pray, that prayed in front of the clinic with them. So he said, oh, sure. And then he was like, yeah, he came out that first year and we still, to this day, people talk about that first year of his talk because it was, he was on fire. So, uh, so he's joining us again and uh, he's always been um, one who really spoke out against trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. So we're very excited to hear what he has to say this year. Not to interrupt you, he also talks about the black genocide. Yes. I oh, think it's yeah. important to talk about. And that's, because- why, and that's why it's very important. That's exactly why we're determined to bring him back as often as possible. So, um, so yeah, so we have him. We have Rebecca Kisling. Um, she was a, uh, her mother was raped. And so she, her uh, platform is that the sins of the father shouldn't commit, you know, shouldn't have cost her her life. So she's going to speak about that. And then we have... Um, 
uh, Mintner, Angela Mintner, and she's part of Sisters for Life. She has had two abortions herself, and she's been married 35 years. And this is kind of a unique abortion story because it was her and her husband that had the abortions. And, and they're still together, and they're both speaking out on life now. So she, she's part of founding of Sisters for Life. So she, her testimony should be pretty powerful. And then last but not least, we have Sean Carney, who is the head of the president of 40 Days for Life. And he's a powerful speaker. We're so looking forward to that. And he's he's going to be our fourth speaker. And then we'll have our archbishop doing leading us in prayer. Um, and that'll be the four speakers for the rally. And and uh, Dolores, the rally goes over the course of several days. Is it one day? How, how is it going to work? Or how does it oh, work? No. We run the rally like an AA meeting. It's one hour. <laughs> Start That's it. Please make sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're okay, very strict so with they're very strict with us that that we need to start walking at 1:30. So we're very strict with our speakers. We give them specific time frame that they have to stay in. So basically, it's a our our event is a one day event, even though there are other events that the night before, um, the day before. But our event is just the one day, and so we start at 12:30 with the rally. We start walking at 1:30. Excellent. I, I know uh, I started a few minutes ago asking about how many, how how large was it back then? How how large? How many people do you do you anticipate are going to be attending this year? That is the ultimate question, isn't it? Everybody asks that question. It's very hard to tell. Pre-pandemic, we were around fifty thousand. Wow. And during the pandemic, of course, much smaller because everybody was terrified and scared. Um, last year we had about 15,000, um, we had out of that 15,000, there were 60 buses right now we're at um, just under a hundred buses. So we're definitely going, growing back up, but pre pandemic, we had over 200 buses. So we're still seeing a lot of people who are afraid, a lot of people who, um, are testing the waters. <laughs> uh, just today, we got eight more bus registrations. So we don't know how many will come. We're probably thinking 20,000, 25,000, something like that. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, we're going to, we're going to do our best here at the front line with Joe and Joe to try to, you know, make people aware of it and, and, uh, and encourage people to get out there. So if you're just joining us here at, on the Veritas Catholic radio network, we're being joined by Eva Montaigne and Dolores Meehan, who are co-chairs of Walk for Life West Coast. One more time, uh, Dolores, what, what day is it? What time does the rally begin? It's Saturday, January 21st, and the rally begins at 1230 and goes to 1.30, then we walk. Uh, the 11 a.m. is the Silent No More awareness campaign begins for those who are. Okay, and is there is there a website where our, our listeners can go and get all the information that they need? It's walkforlifewc.com walkforlifewc.com. All right, awesome. Let's take a break. We want to continue the conversation. We're here with Dolores Meehan and Eva Montaigne. We're discussing the Walk for Life West Coast. You're joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Remember, if you like what Joe and I do, two main places to find us and hopefully support us would be uh, the, the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe 
on Twitter. Uh, so we we're, we're really trying to build up our Twitter account only because we believe that that's going to be a much more open platform. Uh, hopefully, Elon Musk doesn't let us down on that. Um, and uh, so we're really trying to build up our presence there. So if you can help us out and remember, download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. We are an EWTN affiliate. So we have all EWTN program plus original content, including the front line with Joe and Joe uh, and Bishop Caggiano, uh, you know, let's be frank, uh, and a lot of others in the great lineup. So stick around. We're going to talk more with Eva and Dolores about the Walk for Life West Coast. We'll be right back. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Priscillo and Joe Rasinello. We are way, way, way in the breach with Eva Montaigne and Dolores Meehan. We are talking about Walk for Life West Coast. Um, and we're very excited to have this conversation. We want to try to let everybody out there, if you're even remotely interested in rallying for life, all right, this is where to go. Uh, so let's talk about it a little bit more. Joe Rasinello. Well, I'm sure you are as well, but we're abortion abolitionists. Uh, most Catholics are. We want no abortion. Um, we thought, a lot of people thought, um, after Roe was basically sent back to the states that, you know, maybe abortion would be close to eliminated. At least that was the perception. Um, that's not happened. I mean, the midterms showed that. We saw states like Kentucky, Montana, uh, Kansas. These are hardly, you know, bluer than blue states, you know, like New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, California. Um, they put forth some surprising pro-choice legislation. Um, we've talked to people like Brett Atterbury, who went into great detail about the abortion pill, which is now going to be distributed at Walgreens. I saw that recently. All you good Catholics out there, don't go to Walgreens. Money moves the dial. That's what we have to do. Boycott them. Um how do we fight this? I mean, because to be honest with you, I mean, I'm in New Jersey. You're in California, very similar politics, you know. But even these states that you didn't expect, Kansas, Kentucky, um, it seems like this is baked in to the American mindset. Um, I have my ideas because of the sexual revolution. We can get into that later. But talk about how we move forward. First, Dolores, you, Dolores, you don't go to Eva. Well, um, you know, one of the things that's an outgrowth of the Walk for Life is we've started, we're just in the final processes of, we're starting a life-affirming medical clinic that's a family practice. So that um, I'm actually a nurse practitioner now. Um, I've been a nurse for about 10 years, a little over 10 years. And uh, so the idea is to uh, find a solution. You know, you really you know, with all this talk about safe places and whatever, you you have to realize that when somebody finds out they're pregnant and it's not a joyful revelation, that they're in crises. So it's the same way that if someone's um, suicidal or there's any other, it is a crisis. And so we have to be able to meet their crises state. And it's, there's no, there's no, there's no global answer. It's it's one person at a time. It's being able to it's 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 invoking our guardian angels, their guardian angels, so that we are the 
we're the people in front of them and you're the voice, you know, that is giving them comfort and solace and creating that safe place for them to make a life affirming choice. Um, because that's what they're seeking is a solution to get out of crises because they're in an immediate state of fight or flight. And unfortunately, um, they, they, you know, flee from being, you know, flee from being a mother and uh, fight against their own child is kind of how it, how it rolls out. And so we have to help them to, you know, what is your immediate need right now? What can we do? So we have to walk with them. And, yeah. um, and there's just, you know, it's just, it's, we've seen over the years, we've had so many speakers at the Walk for Life who've had abortions. We always try and have, have at least one person who's post, who's had as a post-abortive and, you know, it's just, you, it's just so, it's so terrible. And yet when, when, a, when somebody finds out they're pregnant, they feel like their life is over and that there's no hope. So we have to be that hope. And so that's what we're trying to do in San Francisco. We've got our parish, Star of the Sea, is a real leader in just getting out there, being in front of the abortion clinic, uh, praying, but also giving people practical help. I don't really think, I mean, I guess there's some people that do want an abortion, but I think that most people, they want to be unpregnant. They want, they want to, they want to dial the clock back and, um, and change where they are. And so the lie, the great, great lie of abortion that they leverage is that we will make you unpregnant. Right. Right. Eva, your thoughts on uh, on the overturning of Roe versus Wade and how you see the, the landscape out there. I have my comments I'm going to hold, but I, I'm, I'm interested in yours. Well, as, as you've said, this, there are so many states that have banned abortion, but there are states who codified it. Um, I think I read somewhere that in Texas alone, since Roe v. Wade, 5,000 lives have been spared, you know, because they have a, a restricted uh, access to abortion. So we have to, you know, focus on that, focus on the positive and focus the lives that are being saved. As for here in California, uh, and it's worse than ever. I mean, since Roe v. Wade, uh, Newsom has gone on a rampage and now he's even going to take our tax dollars and pay for people from across the country to come to California to to have their abortions, which is horrific. But so it's even more important to do things like the Walk for Life. It's even more important to get involved with uh, legislation and to constantly. I mean, I know that it's, we hear it all the time that, it you know, to call your congressman, to call your representatives, call what. But it does help. It does work. And it's something that if we all did. Just think about the, their repercussions because they would have to listen to us if we all did it. So basically pushing things. And we have an info fair at the Walk for Life. And at that info fair, we give out information from many different organizations about how to get involved, what you can do. I think this year we have over 30 organizations who will be there distributing information. So those are the kind of things we can physically do, you know, hand out information, get try to talk people to get involved and to, and to keep up the pressure. Other than that, we just have to keep have the faith. We have to keep praying. We have to 
uh, understand that it's in God's hands and and do the best we can. I I have had to learn that um, because in my in you know in my adult life you know unfortunately sometimes I've looked a little bit too much to politicians um, or the government to do something. Um, my jury in my mind is out on Roe versus Wade, and what I mean by that, ladies, is um, I think we're finding out America actually is a pro-abortion country. That even though for the last 50 years we've been complaining that the, the Supreme Court imposed this on America, well, now America has a choice, and it doesn't seem to be going the way of life. Give them uh, time. Give them time. I, well, like, no, it. I, I know, like it. I know I'm being a little, I know I'm being a little impatient, but where I'm going is this. I think what, where, where you were going, Eva, and, and Dolores said it specifically, um, we have to fight one life at a time. The, the Walk for Life West Coast, I remember, I, I could cry thinking about it. Um, when I was standing, there was a there was a woman down uh, downtown who did the, like the twenty four hour vigil in front of uh, Planned Parenthood, however long it was. It was a full day thing, and another person asked for volunteers to go down there for an hour to go and pray with her. Okay, um, and I was working in New York at the time, so I went down there and then went to work because I was working nights, and I prayed with her for an hour and this other gentleman. And a girl came walking out of Planned Parenthood across the street, and she said, "Not today, not today." And she said, I'm not I'm not going to do that to my child. And we both pointed to the lady who was praying because she's got the Sisters of Life on speed dial. Like you said, trying to realize that this girl's probably in a crisis and right. they got the sisters on speed dial. They spoke to the girl. She went and sat with the sisters. And for all we know, she had her baby. This is a couple of years ago. That to me is the most encouraging thing. Not not the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade is that we can actually save lives. And I'm going to throw something out there. I was going somewhere with this. From what I've heard from pro-life people, the no-show rate for Planned Parenthood when there are prayer warriors outside is is way above 50%. Like they have a, Now, we don't know if those women will eventually get an abortion, but we know that their no-show rate, correct me if I'm wrong, is over 50%. Does that suggest to you, Eva, that it's important for us Catholics even more so to get out there for public witness, because we could be saving a life and many lives without even knowing it. Absolutely. Um, like Dolores said, we go to, we go here in San Francisco to our local Planned Parenthood. We have our 40 Days for Life campaign twice a year. Uh, we have our parish who, who, who goes out there. And we've actually had women walk away, turn around, walk away because we were there. So it's absolutely, in fact, here I'm wearing my 40 Days for Life sweater um, jacket. So it's, it's very important to do that. Very, very important because... 40 Days for Life, I forget what they said, but they've saved thousands of lives just by being out there in front of the clinics. And it would be so, it can, just imagine if everybody, everybody who even just came to the March for Life or the Walk for Life also dedicated one hour a week to going to a Planned Parenthood, it would it would be a huge difference. So it, trying to get people to do that is what we're about, trying to get people motivated to get involved in the pro-life movement. Absolutely. Eva, your thoughts. Uh, excuse me, Dolores, your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I, I realize this might be heresy on a, on a Zoom call that's going to go on Twitter and, and YouTube, but I think really limiting um, a media intake, I mean, just don't, like, who cares what CNN thinks? Who, who cares what all those people think? It doesn't, you know, that's that's their narrative, and that's their, I mean, our God is God, not, 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 not media and not, what not Jake Tapper. Is. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really important to, I mean, I mean, we want to know what's going on to a certain extent, but I got to tell you, when I shut it off, I got a whole lot more accomplished and have made, and, and have had real encounters with people versus watching, being the observer, spec, you know, the spectator on something's going on out here and I'm just watching it. I, I could, I could be outside and be, you know, an instrument of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so anyway, that's what, that's, that's my, I, I, I want to hand it over to Joe Dolores. Um, and if you're just joining us, Dolores Meehan and Eva Montaigne uh, are joining us. We're talking about the Walk for Life West Coast. Uh, one thing I will tell you is this. Now, I'm on social media for this show. So I, I look at Twitter. I look at YouTube um, and I because I want to see what's going on uh, and see, you know, basically just keep uh, on top of things. But I'm with you on turning off the TV. The day, forget about CNN. I would tell everybody, I'd turn off Fox News, too. Okay, that ain't doing exactly. any good. Yo, what do you think? You 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 think Sean Hannity's gonna, you know, in other words, impart to you something that let's say a, a good Catholic priest you can see on YouTube or 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 a pro or you guys, let's say on social media doing your thing at the at the walk for life. No, turn it off. I am so liberated ever since I stopped watching Fox News. No, and I'm just using I never watch CNN, but you know what I mean. Like I thought, well, Fox News, it's conservative, right? It's 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 right up our alley. Not so much. And like you said. It's just a distraction from really what we could be doing. So I think that's a, a very important thing. Joe Resinello. You guys, I'll be honest with you. I love the fact that this is a grassroots movement because that's how God works. He uses people, regular people, um, and he does great things with them. And and that's what I get a sense talking to the two of you, how it started with a ma marriage rally in North Beach. And then here you are. You have 50,000 people coming. God knows how it'll it grow, and it will grow because you're on the side of God. We're on the side of truth. I think, though, as Catholics, and I want to get both your thoughts on this, we have to differentiate ourselves from society. Not enough of us do that. I'm not pointing fingers, but as Catholics, we're not like everybody else. What do I mean by that? Abortion is about sex. Let's be honest. If we listen to our church and did not have sex before marriage, if we were open to life in our marriages, we wouldn't have this problem. That is what it's about. We have to get that message out to people. I have five children. I have to teach my children, both guys and girls alike, three boys, two girls, that this is how you go about things. This is how you have a good marriage. This is how you have a good life. We have to take back the language. You mentioned that language that you hear on CNN. We are pro-woman. You are not pro-woman. We have to take that back and be aggressive, not physically aggressive, but no, no, no. We're going to correct you on that and start throwing out the truth and the facts. We can do that. We have the truth on our side. We have to be on the offensive as Catholics. I don't think we are enough. You two are, but Catholics have to get out there. Comment on that, because to be honest with you, we have to lead the way. We have the sacraments. We have to lead the way. And I think those are ways to do it. Um, then I want to get into later the preborn personhood, because I think that's the legal way to do it. But that's another conversation. Uh, Dolores, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that, uh, yes, you're absolutely right, that 
that that is where the formation starts. And so it's a holistic approach to the family. And so what we need, we really need to be building up our, our parishes and our schools. Uh, Star of the Sea Parish, our parish in San Francisco, uh, we're in year the second year of a classical academy, Stella Maris Academy. And in that we were, uh, families are attracted. Children are learning uh, in a, in a very, uh, you know, safe environment. They're learning uh, culturally and spiritually safe. They're learning about, uh, gosh, everything, you know, but in the context of um, our, you know, our, our Catholic anthropology. And then in our parish, we have 24 hour adoration. I would, I would, I would uh, say that instead of even watching a good priest on YouTube, uh, Head up the adoration chapel if you have one, um, and so then that's that's where that's where the energy has to go, and we have to inspire our clergy. We have to we really have to inspire our clergy um, to uh, to that that's what we want because they've been told that's not what we want, and that that the lay people want to be in charge of everything. And I'm, I know there are a lot of lay people that do, but those who those who want more need to um, make themselves known and kind of outnumber those who, and, and just, you know, priests, parish priests need support, bishops need support, and um, our prayer. We have the seven sisters. Eva and I both are a part of the seven sisters where we pray for the ministry where uh, there's somebody every day of the week, seven different women, and they pray an hour a day for um, each, everybody takes an hour. Everybody takes a day, and we pray for our um, all the priests in our archdiocese, including our archbishop. You have a, a priest, so one group of seven sisters has uh, one priest. Uh, that's that's really where I, that's where I, I see it. Yeah, well, J Joe was asking um, when he was asking about uh, contraception, and then you just turned around and said, you know, like the lay people all want to be heard. But you know what my view is, and I've heard enough lay people. Okay, I don't really care what you have to say. I know that sounds harsh. I don't care. Okay, you're not the church. Okay, the church is the church. Our job is to understand why the church teaches what it does. Okay, and that's where I think the priests come in. I think a better job of catechesis um, is, you know, uh, sh should be out there. But the reason why I think people are just, you know, the hook, line, and sicker, you know, like Hollywood says contraception's good, and all you, all you girls out there who who wait till you get married is is you're you're missing out on life, you know, and they're selling this big lie. And 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 Catholic lay people they imbibe this stuff. So therefore, my larger point in this rant is I'm not interested in what the person in the pew uh, has to say on contraception and how the church needs to change her teaching. No, you need to change your mind and change your heart because that's what's leading to all this destruction. Now, I think that's an important thing to realize is that abortion is not the problem. Contraception is the problem. Abortion is the consequence of that. OK, um, so again, I'm sorry about the rant. Eva, your thoughts. Well, to, to bring it back to the pro-life movement, I think that's why from the very beginning for our walks, we encouraged families to come because it is so, so, so important for children to be part of this movement, to grow up in the movement. We're very proud of the fact that we have many kids who grew up at the Walk for Life, you know, who have come every year, 19 years, and they're now young adults. I went to a conference one time a couple years ago over in the East Bay, and it was all about 
about the walk for life. And so I gave my talk, you know, about the walk. And then afterward, the group of high schoolers got up and they were they were told to give their testimony of what the walk meant to them. And I tell you what, to this day, that's what motivates me to 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 keep going on this exhausted journey of the walk for life, because they got up and they talked about how from the walk, they went back to their schools and started pro-life clubs. Uh, there were kids who went and then decided to do their term papers on the on life, on the pro-life cause. I mean, those kind of um, testimonials of what comes out of these marches and walks is just that is exactly why we keep going, because kids have to be they have to feel they're part of a group. They have to feel like their their peers are with them in this. And when they come mm -hmm. to the walk or they go to the March for Life or they go to any of the locals, that's what they get and that's what they see. So that's to me who and at the walk for life we're all volunteers everybody has full-time jobs on the outside we we do this as a passion for for the pro-life cause and for me personally it's because of the motivation that i see the young people go away with i think that's one of the most inspiring things is like you know that i've seen uh with all the images and you know like the march for life and everything else when you see the 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 younger kids the high mm -hmm. school kids and then and they carry the signs and say we are the pro-life generation I say, God bless you, because our generation is not. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Joe Resinello. You know, I mentioned uh, personhood for the preborn. I think that would be the legal direct direction, uh, which would be a good thing. But the more I listen to the two of you, oh, honestly, I think we calculate uh, how this is going to end. And God doesn't work on those human calculations. Who would have guessed that during the Biden administration, where you have the likes of Javier Becerra, who's running the Health and Human Services, that Roe would have gotten overturned. No one would have guessed that in a million years before, you know, like when Biden, you know, took the chair. But it did. I mean, we could say that would be the legal means to do it using leveraging the Constitution. But God works in mysterious ways, particularly when hearts are changed through prayer. I want to talk about that. We don't have that much time left, but I think that's vital. Um, adoration is a game changer. I mean, it is a game changer for a person, for a community, for a parish, for the country. It is a game changer. Um, I believe that through that, we'll renew our church in America. It will change hearts and change minds. Obviously, we have to be active. Obviously, we have to do things. But this is what I want to basically say, and then I'll let you guys you know, comment. When we get closer to God, sacraments, confession, adoration, rosary, fruit is born from that. That's how you guys are doing what you're doing, because you're doing that. That's what we have to do as Americans. We have to, Catholic Americans have to do that. First, Dolores, and then Eva. Because I think, honestly, we can calculate as much as we want. That's not the way God works. God will bear fruit through our faithfulness. And it's through the grassroots movements, particularly in prayer, that that will be, you know, shown. Dolores. Yeah, thank you for saying that, because I agree. I mean, I think we can't be spectators to our prayer life. We have to be um, active participants and cooperate. And uh, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, I agree. I agree very much with what you say. It's it's our prayer sacrifices. 
but it is spending that time drawing in intimacy with Christ. And that's, that's where things are changing. And, and we have to, and really quickly, I'll just say that what something that I've really realized is that we cannot grow in intimacy with Christ unless we confront our wounds. And we are dealing with a very, very wounded America and a very wounded world. And our own prayers and sacrifices have to be geared also towards the healing of other people. And for and and so that's 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 what's really been on my heart a lot lately. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Joe. Eva. Okay, so as Dolores mentioned in our parish, Star of the Sea, um, when I used to go to Star of the Sea before our current pastor came, and it was a dying parish. Our new pastor came in, immediately started perpetual adoration, the only one in San Francisco, by the way, and that parish is flourishing now. Our parish is, is the hub because, because people from all over the city know that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they can go in there and they can adore in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And it's the power of that the adoration program there is is so convincing that I if I encourage anyone who might be listening, any priests or lay people even who can get that started in their parish is imperative to do adoration, even if it's just a few hours a day or even a few hours a week. But get yeah. it started. It's absolutely imperative. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things we try to emphasize on the show all the time. If Catholics actually practice their faith, and I mean all Catholics in America, none of this stuff would even be a question. I, we really believe that, and even in terms of just sheer numbers, but in terms of the effect that we would have on the culture— um, I read recently, and you, you both have heard it before, it's not a matter of making abortion illegal. Catholics have the ability— based on what the three of you just said, to make abortion unthinkable in our country. If we would realize that, you know, let yourself be used by God. Pray more. Get out there more. In other words, listen, everybody is admitted, and I say this all the time because I was so overwhelmed when, when two of these men said it. Charles Krauthammer, who was a Jew, and Glenn Beck, who's a Mormon, both on TV, both publicly said that if it wasn't for the Catholic Church, abortion would not even be an issue. OK, but it shows that persistence, the persistence in prayer, the you know, staying focused on 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 God and on Christ. OK, uh, whether it be through the March for Life, the Walk for Life on the West Coast and all the things that we could do. We have the power to move the dial because we have Jesus. If all Catholics knew that, not just believed it, but knew it in their mind and in their heart, we change things like that. All these conversations are over and we're moving forward to a better society. Ladies, real quick, Dolores. Final thoughts, then Eva, and then we got to get you out of here. I want to say one final thought. It's about Cardinal, uh, the late Cardinal Pell, and um, he came to the Sacred Liturgia Conference in Jan um, July that we had in San Francisco, and he said in his homily, and it was just the most beautiful. He said, um, "I want to thank the organizers of the Sacred Liturgia for inviting me. He goes, otherwise, I would not have been Amer in America." Um, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart when Roe v. Wade was overturned. And it just it was just, it was so fatherly. I just felt the love of God. And I just ask, uh, we all pray for his, uh, the repose of his soul. Yeah, we lost, we lost two giants this, 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 these last 10 days, Pope Benedict and Cardinal Pell. Eva, final word from you. 
Well, I, again, I encourage everyone who's listening to wherever you are, find your nearest um, event because it's a lot of the events seem to be in January. And maybe that'll change for next year because of the Roe v. Wade being overturned. But but for now, find it, find it, go, get energized. If you just go, you will get energized to get involved, to do more. And let's let's make abortion unthinkable. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a well, that's a great place to end it. Dolores, me and Eva Montaigne, thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. You are welcome back here anytime, ladies. Thank you so thank, much. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. And thank you all out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Remember, look up the Walk for Life West Coast and try like heck to get there. Um, so you were listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Remember, download the app, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, so you have access to all of our station's content. If you like Joe and I and what we do on social media, uh, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube and also on Twitter, at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe. Like, subscribe, follow, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.